Shut up and sit down. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Hey yo, summer check. While they do their TikTok snappy chat checking, I'll be checking out of this place. Later, homies. I enjoy riding my bike. But if you think about it, LaCroix, it's just a virgin white claw. And when I'm riding, everything seems alright. Everything seems alright. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Don't have to worry. Hey, I don't really know what seltzer means, but it sounds rich. No pollution if we run out. I guess I'll still make out a ride. You know what it tastes like? Nothing. I enjoy riding my bike. And when I'm riding, everything seems alright. Everything seems alright. But you know what cured my indoor kid disease? My mother. Don't come inside till the sun's down. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering. I'm here with Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look Arkansas-tastic today. Arkansas-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the other end of the tin can that's attached to the string that's attached to our computer uh, here is uh, Mr. Uh, Lance Hepler. Yes, it's Sir Lancelot the Sexy uh, out here in the land of, <laughs> oh, of man. Arkansas. In the land of Arkansas. <laughs> what? You just I'm crossed the over the border. I just, I've just crossed the border from Oklahoma to Arkansas on some backcountry road that my wife and I were actually we were looking for. We were rock hounding. We, were, we aren't riding bikes. We're looking for rocks. I, I, I know it's a dumb thing I do, but it's, it's another. Whatever. Keep talking. <laughs> That's it. I'm in, I'm in Arkansas. All right. Lance, why don't you backpedal for us real quick in case we lose you? I don't want to miss out on any fantastic adventures from the one and only Lance Hepler. So backpedal for us, bud. Um, I've been traveling this whole week. Uh, I've been I've driven from the state of Washington, and now we are all the way to Arkansas. Uh, my wife and I, we are on our way to Florida, but uh, kind of taking the scenic route. Um, I went through uh, Idaho and um, Utah, did some mountain biking in Utah and Park City on one of the more uh, famous trails there, the Mid-Mountain Trail in Park City, uh, which was pretty fantastic. Next day, we drove down to Moab, Utah, spent um, a couple nights in Moab. My son is there for the summer, so we stopped and saw him and uh, rode some trails around there, had a good time, and then we just started heading more further east oh we headed to went to new mexico were we in went to new mexico and then we ended up in texas we went to texas because one of our team sponsors the tiny vacation homes resort which is outside of texas uh we actually stopped and stayed a couple nights in the tiny homes we just left there a few hours ago how was that oh cool so, uh yeah, it, it's a it's it's kind of an amazing little resort. There's um, they're they're still in construction zone, but they've been opening it in phases while they're in construction to kind of test what really works well for the resort. It's right on Lake Texoma, which is this giant lake right on the border of Texas and Oklahoma. And um, oh, there's it, it's 
it's a huge lake they use for bass fishing and bass fishing tournaments and then obviously houseboats and water skiing and wakeboarding and all that stuff it's a it's a very popular lake although there's a lot of lakes around texas but this resort has 30 little tiny homes and forest huts and a gorgeous huge pool and hot tub and uh a little clubhouse and it's it's that it's decorated fantastic and it's just comfortable and it's actually pretty inexpensive to stay there it's just in a it's in texas it's a long ways away and we just we kind of did a detour to to make it you know up there to kind of pick it out because it's it's a it's a property i've been involved with for a couple of years and um it's been a good thing to be involved with so that's kind of what's happening excellent oh yeah we have gone to a bunch of uh, national parks as well we went to Carlsbad Cavern National Park and Big Bend National Park, one in New Mexico, one in Texas. Those are pretty amazing. I, you know, we've just been we've been road tripping, doing that stuff. So nice. That's it. So I assume that you just have done a ton of like open water swimming and running and things like that. <laughs> we have gone. Uh, we have we did do some kayaking, but actually that was on the Colorado River in Moab. Um, and then I've just been, uh, I've been road biking out here. I did like a 60 mile ride through the Texas, uh, the Northern Texas, uh, farm country, which was, it was fantastic. Very little traffic, but no shoulders on any roads, very little traffic, but, um, I had a good time. So no, any- I have not swum one lick. <laughs> have you uh, snagged any KOMs on your, uh, travels? Oh, maybe one or two along the way. <laughs> yeah. Not not a not a ton, but I I have uh, I I have yeah yes I have Dave, yeah leaving your mark for the locals, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who's this Jim Lentz up today? Who's this idiot? Right on. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Sounds like you're having fun, man. We are. Cool, Mister Matt. What have you been up to, dude? I've been. I feel like I don't. I'd have to look and see exactly what I did this week, but I feel like I've been biking a little bit every day. And come on, uh, man, you're not going to leave with a race. You did I, a race. I raced yes. this past weekend. Um, yeah, I think I did. Let's see. Someone's calling us. No. Probably some. Oh, we lost Lance. I'm going to call him again. <laughs> well, that was a uh, that was good timing. He finished what he had to say. But I um, hold on. So let's see if we can get it back on the line here. Yeah, I'm back. I lost it. Sorry. <laughs> we lost you. Gotcha. All right, cool. Finish, finish Matt. Uh, I was just telling Jake that I did this beaches ride that you guys are aware of, but our listeners might not be familiar. It's kind of this like flat ride that we do, and a lot of people use like a time trial bike and go hard, and um, I've ridden it the past two weeks, and I've gotten two flats. I mean, those roads out there are gross. They're always bad, but I brought my bike in here so that I can get it switched over to tubeless Hopefully, going forward, I won't have as many issues. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I did race this past weekend. I did the Hag Lake Sprint Triathlon, which was super fun. I think that's, like, the main thing that I got out of it was that, you know, the night before I wasn't feeling that good. I was like, there's no way I'm waking up, you know, at 4 in the morning and driving all the way over there to do this race. And I just didn't even set an alarm. Woke up early, felt fine, and I was like, all right, I'm going to pack up and get on the road. And I mean, I was a little bit late, but I was fine. And uh, the main thing that I wanted to do with the race was film 
a whole bunch of stuff. Like I, my goal for this, or at least what I hope to make is a video that's kind of like what it's like to experience a triathlon. It's a video that I've wanted to make for a long time, but you kind of have to race with a camera. And, you know, I, I usually tell people like, you know, two things like you're filming or you're doing your workout or you're filming or you're doing your race. You're yeah. not really doing both. And so I was, um, you know, biking decently hard and running decently hard, but it's really hard to swim with a camera. So you're like kind of one arm swimming basically with the GoPro. Okay. And, uh, it was kind of, it was fun. It takes all the pressure off of racing and, uh, it was just really neat to be out there. There's a lot of dialed cycling teammates out there and we just hung out and had a good time. And uh, our, you know, very own Evan Price was out there as well. He won the Olympic triathlon distance by a significant margin. I want to say 12 or 13 minutes ahead of whoever was second. I believe. Holy like cow. I yeah. believe he came out of the water a minute down. Is that what it was? And he was then he put like third or fourth it, or fifth or something in the water. He put nine minutes into everybody on the bike okay. and about the same amount on the run. That's what oh I was gosh. told. So yeah. he he, uh, he kind of yeah did his thing out there. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a strong athlete, and um, yeah, it's a it's interesting. It's a hilly course. Yeah, it's a hilly course, so it's not. Uh, I, you know, I'd say Evan would be good at hills, but you know, with those TT bikes, they don't climb that great. So he seemed fine. He passed me. I was out there, and I was actually like filming, and like there were some girls behind me who were like waving at the camera. And Price came past me like really fast, and I was like, "Whoa!" Shook me up a little bit. <laughs> I'm like trying to film here, man. Trying to film Price, and uh, I for a second I was like sprint hard and get on his wheel. Yeah, because like that's just like you can't do that in a triathlon. Hey, you're supposed to drop it all the <laughs> whole can't. time, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just like, "Oh, I should go really hard and get on his wheel and like film, you sure. know, the process or whatever." But like that would be illegal, so don't do that. But it was really pretty. It was actually while we were going across the dam at Hag Lake. It's a it's a really nice course. I mean, I think it's fun to to do a hillier course like that. Uh, and the conditions were excellent. We had, you know, a lot of sun coming up from the lake up to the transition area. You do have to run on this kind of like rough trail to get up there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for me, that doesn't bother me that much. Uh, and they've kind of moved this triathlon around a little bit. Like it's still out there at Hag Lake and everything like that, but they're, they're making changes to it. And I'm sure they're going to continue to make changes to it to try to kind of improve it as much as possible and make that workflow, make it happen. But yeah. you were out there on Sunday. I was, I was out there helping support the, they call it the off-road triathlon. It's more of like an Xterra. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do the mountain bike part or? I, know <laughs> I was asked to be a part of a relay team. Yeah. I really wanted to, but I didn't want to not be where I was supposed to be. Right. Helping people out. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I think I helped one. Well, as a matter of fact, I know I helped one person. <laughs> so, and it was actually uh, somebody that's on the triathlon team, and he just wanted me to take a look at his bike from what he used the day before. He wasn't even racing that day. He so was he just supporting. So yeah, hindsight being twenty twenty, I absolutely could have raced, but, but a friend yeah. our and teammate David Barner stepped up and, oh, good. and raced in my spot, and they they crushed him. Did well. Yeah, I'm sure. And you know how that's how it goes with those things where you're like. You know, you're playing it safe, and you don't know who's yeah. going to show up, and yeah. it's probably smart to play it safe that way. But yeah, so my backpedal, good, solid week of training, uh, swam a little bit and biked a little bit. I'm not running a ton, but nothing hurt too bad on my 5K sprint triathlon stuff. So good. I think I ran like 7:30 pace, uh, which is probably which is 
faster than I was expecting. I was expecting to run, you know, a minute or two slower per okay. mile. So did your um, Achilles hurt? Not, not all? really. Was it sore the next day, so Mm-mm. that's good. No. Yeah, five k is kind of that distance that I can do safely once a week. I do have a doctor's appointment this week to look at some cartilage damage that I have in the ankle, so that's not good. But I thought you were gonna get your blade fitted for you. Blade, your, uh, your blade runner. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's the <laughs> u- that's the ultimate plan. We just got to figure out like, do we want to go carbon fiber on that thing or you know what? So absolutely. I think cool. graphene. Graphene. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Cool. Um, I didn't really, I didn't race this week, other than the little flogging ride, and yeah. that wasn't even really much of a race. It was just more of a, a nice solid workout, like it usually is. Um, we did have the race paceness built into it, but it was one of those weeks where um, I'm still coming back from kind of a uh, a rest week, if you will. So you just don't feel like you have all of your your cylinders firing exactly the right way but i uh, still felt pretty good um and then over the weekend that was a busy weekend there was so much racing we yeah. had people racing the high cascade 100 wow which is a 100 mile mountain bike down in the cascades which is just absolutely bonkers uh, tough i think we had chris surratt and kim catherine down there and i'm not sure who else went and did that so there was that um we had the hag lake triathlon and the hag lake off-road uh, triathlon that was running and let's see here we had the oh the um the hammer crit that i went down and supported so that's the reason why i wasn't out there on saturday for the the, the triathlon is i was providing support and doing all the wheel stuff for the um the the crit so we had um you a bunch of busy bunch that's of teammates crazy. there and i was out there racing and it was i wasn't out there racing i was out there watching everybody race i had people coming to me all day long for help which was pretty cool but i i watched i think it was like 15 races if i'm not mistaken wow there was oh, wow. a lot of racing going on i was out there from about 6 15 in the morning till about six o'clock at night so it ended up being quite a long day but man was that fun to watch that was some good racing so there nice. was a um a lot of teammates that did really well um notably it was ian gibson he won the, the 60 plus uh category which he, he was still in there mixing it up even with the um the, it was an open class it was a three four class but he needs to do the state championship i mean he's, he's oh, just yeah. gonna win everything that yeah. he does yeah so. he's just that stinking strong it's gonna be fun to watch and then we had laura mullen she took fourth in the women's p12 which was fun to watch that was a strong group of women out there and you know what a, a big shout out and kudos my hat goes off to the poa guys the pacific office automation guys who yeah. put that on they had such a massive amount of funding that they raised for this that they were able to not only give a ton of money to some good charities, but the preem laps. Oh my gosh, I got oh, that's I, cool. I lost track of how many times there was a fifty dollar preem lap. It was just one after another after another, and there was probably two, three, four times that they had hundred dollar preem laps, and there was a bunch of them for like anywhere from five to twenty five dollars. It, all day long, they were just giving out money, and I believe the the woman who won the um, the women's one two uh, P one two class, she just in preems alone, I believe, walked away with three hundred bucks. Not to mention what she took <laughs> away for the purse, which was like another I think two hundred fifty or three hundred dollars. So she did quite well, and they were paying like way deep in the field. I think they were paying down to like tenth place, if I'm not mistaken. You were almost getting your money back down to like eighth or tenth place, which is pretty fantastic. That's cool. So good job on them. They had really good attendance, which was fantastic. I think they had about 300 registrations or right, pretty darn close to that. And it's just good to see that for road racing because um, everybody keeps saying it road's dead, but um, it's not dead yet. It's, it's fun to see racing still alive and well. Good job, POA guys. And then, That's fantastic. Yeah. And then I went out to do the, um, the support for the, 
the um, off-road triathlon, which wasn't really much support. It was more like cheering teammates on, mm -hmm. taking some pictures. And then when it was all done, I went ahead and got on the bike and did a couple laps around Hagley because I'd never ridden down there. And it's that is stunningly beautiful. Yeah. It was funny because after I was done, I, and I wanted to go out there and I wanted to put in a little bit of an effort. And I only had an hour, so I'm like, right, I'm just going to go around this you know, twice. It's like twice. Yeah. Get a feel for it. Find out what it's all about. Find out how hard I can go, what kind of a speed I can hold. And then uh, just kind of, you know, have a workout. So it was fun when I was done. I went back and looked, and I had good normalized power. I think I averaged my average speed for the hour for the, the two laps that I did was uh, 10. No, I'm sorry. It was uh, 22.4 miles an hour, mm -hmm. which is pretty decent for a road bike. And then um, what was the other thing? It was a fair amount of climbing, like you said. I think it's like 1,600 feet of elevation gain for the two laps, which is yeah. you know pretty decent. It was just it was like 22 miles that I did. Mm -hmm. And then I went and looked at the leaderboard just to see like how people had done on this year because I'm just curious because I know that the guys at POA had done the the Hag Lake World Championships out there. I'm like, how fast were they going? Oh yeah. And then I went and looked at like the fastest time of the year, and that time belongs to our own Evan Price. <laughs> he absolutely crushed yeah. that on his TT bike. Not to mention the fact that they added on two miles because they needed to make it uh, the the appropriate right. distance, right? So when they cross over the bridge they had to turn right and go down yep. that little logging thing and then turn around and go back up so he had that to add in there and his average climbing yeah his average speed was over 25 miles an hour wow. for that hilly course Holy and cow. how many laps did they do two two yeah so he absolutely crushed so on it's the, like 24 yeah. miles or whatever but the uh the fastest times the the koms belong to some guys that used to do the banana belt series and they used to have the banana belt series oh, race down there yeah. so they need to bring that back because that is a like that's a fantastic race course yeah that's it is ten it's beautiful back there 10 mile lap you can go out there and do five six seven laps and just my god that would be fantastic so, yeah anyway. and, and it's wow. not like an easy you know flat you know playground it's it's you're climbing a little bit here and there yeah, yeah. there's so. some, some punchy little sections and, and the, it's not like it's terribly the descents long descents are pretty like they're yeah, not sweep. hard yeah they they're sweep not tricky descents or nope, anything like that all. so gotta bring that back cool let's do um Let's do the Patreon drawing real quick, and let's uh, let's get that out of the way. Just because, not that we want to get it out of the way, but we we got to get into this TDF talk real quick in the backpedal. Oh, so. we do. Yep. So, cool. Let's do this real quick. I wonder if any of our listeners have actually watched the tour. Are we going to be spoiling it for them? Uh, if, no. if so, it's, it's too late, right? Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's only two things left in here, and the winner of this one is Perry York. Perry York wins again. I think he just won, if I'm not mistaken. So, but anyway, Perry, you won again. You win. Come on by the lab, yeah. pick up your uh, your goodies, and uh, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, we're gonna go ahead and just do the last two. Uh, we're gonna say Terry Hamness, you're a winner too. You get two winner winner chicken dinners this Good. week. So we're gonna put everybody's name back into the hat, and we'll get back to doing full drawings starting next week. So yeah. Perry York, Terry Hamness, come on by. Pick out something out of the grab bag. For those who are interested in helping support the show and you want to, if you want to become a patron, you can go to dialpodcast.com, go to the Patreon link there, pick out one that works best for you, and we'll be happy to join you to the Patreon family with Dial Podcast. Cool beans. Nice. Let's let's move on to that whole um, thing where that guy, uh, Matt, do you know if he's around or is he? I don't know if he's around. I don't know. Champ here. Is, is Champ here? <laughs> Champ, champ, on, champ is you on the phone? Here. Champ is in uh, Arkansas at the moment, sitting in front of an abandoned church because there looks like there's an abandoned <laughs> church on every corner in Arkansas. <laughs> uh, yes, lots of great racing. We did wrap up the Tour de France this last week. Um, pretty amazing week of racing. Uh, Pajay Pojakar actually was able to hold it off and he won by a little over five minutes he didn't really have any trouble in the last week which is pretty amazing he didn't have to go too hard on the final time trial um whatnot 
But that really wasn't the story of the tour, even though it was uh, Tadej Pogacar's uh, second victory in the Tour de France in a row, even though he was only 22 years old. But um, the the story was, was Mark Cavendish going to break the record for most wins in the Tour de France at 35? And it was all set up that he might be able to do it on the Champs-Élysées in on the last day of the, the Tour. But our man, Wout Van Aert, uh, managed to pull off the win on the last stage, which was pretty stinking amazing to watch. The, yeah, you know, Wout! <laughs> the last stage and the stage before, I mean, it's just a ridiculous story. Yeah. It's 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 pretty unbelievable that he, he won the mountain stage on Mount Ventoux, he won the time trial on the second to last day of the tour, and then he wins the sprint stage on the final day of the tour. I mean, what can't Wout Van Aert do? It's just amazing. It's crazy. Correct me if so. I'm wrong, but the last time that somebody won a hill, like a, a climb stage. mountain stage, if you will, a time trial and a sprint stage was Bernard Hinault. Am, am I... I think I'm, I, I think that's correct, if I'm not mistaken. And that I, was back, I, what, in the 50s? Yeah, I believe so, yes. I think that was the last time that somebody's done Maybe those 60s. three types of... Was it yeah. 60s? Amazing. Uh, long time ago. Now, here's a question yeah. for you guys. Do you think MVP could do the same thing? Do you think he has the, the time-trying prowess to be able to do the same thing? It looks like it. Well, he's, uh, he's he, never really time-trialed. So, I, it, it, he seems like he can do whatever he wants on a bike. So with a little bit of uh, form and effort and, and a little bit of dialing in his time trial position, why not? Why yeah. couldn't he do that? Yep. Yeah, I know that um, Wout worked on that quite a bit and has been working on that quite a bit. So he's really gotten that, that position nailed down. And you just have to think that for Vanderpool, he could do the same thing. I mean, that guy's got everything up his sleeve. Throw the kitchen sink at you. Do you think Wout would ever go for like a GC? I don't know. I mean, you never want to say never. It just doesn't seem like you could quite hang in the mount, for like multiple mountain stages. I don't know. Multiple mountain stages. Yeah. It's so but weird. I don't know. It's yeah. so weird to like think like maybe he could be one of the best cyclocross riders and best, you know, Grand Tour riders. I mean, he's he's he already is. He's already there. He's one of the best Grand Tour riders. It's just such a weird thing to think he'd be at that level of GC. Yeah. Here's another question for you, too. There's a lot of scuttlebutt about, the, you know, Tadej Pogacar or Pogaccia being under the influence of some sort of assistance, if you will. Um, you know, people have talked about everything from having mechanical advantages in his rear hub and, and running some sort of a motor to, you know, something suspicious or something's just not right, you know, that he's maybe using something that they're not able to test for. I want to go out on the, the road of, like, I, I, I'm – Innocent until proven guilty. I don't think that you know he's using, and I think that he's just one of those generational guys that's once in a generation. Like he's just that good. But people are, are having all kinds of speculation about him. I haven't heard a single word about Wout, and I think that what he did, in my yeah, opinion, is probably even more impressive than more what weird Pogaccia did. So yeah, I agree with that. I think that everyone, honestly, like we should be suspicious of everyone in the peloton. It's sports got a history man sports yeah. got a bad history and when you see weird performances you know whether it's you know climbing mount von two or you know sprinting in paris that just like don't add up that we should be suspicious i think that's okay and it's 
you know, I think people are fine to speculate a little bit. Honestly, like anytime a world record is set on the track and field stuff, like people should be like, well, we don't know for sure if it's going to be clean. Like, you know, you broke a world record, the world records in the past we know have not been clean. And so you're still breaking those times. Like, what do we do? Like, we hope we can hope that they're clean, but we just should always be suspicious. And yeah. We are suspicious because of the history that we yeah. have seen. So. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, let's just assume and hope that everybody's clean. Sure. <laughs> and, um, and then one more question. You guys get to start your own pro Grand Tour team. You guys get to pick your first pick, and it, it could be either to have on your team. They're both free agents, just hypothetically. Are you going to take Wout, or are you going to take uh, Vanderpool? Who's who's going to be on your team? Well, I think you take Wout. He's He's got proven record. Not that – I mean, Vanderpool was in yellow for, what, like four days or something like that or more? I don't Almost know. a week, if I'm not mistaken. It was five or six significant. Days, yeah, but, but, yeah, but so. yet still, it still seems like Wout's the better pick. think so. How about I you, Lance? So. Um, I'm going to say Vanderpool because uh, because Matt picked Wout. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> I'm going to take Chris Froome. <laughs> yeah, just oh, crazy. Um, and then another question for you: Does Cavendish break the record in 2022? Does Boy, he go to T- Does he go to TDF with everybody having their full stacked rosters? And does he break the record? Does he win a stage in 2022? Yeah, I think it was lightning in a bottle. This this year i don't i don't think it happens on the on the last podcast i was like no and no and now i'm changing my mind i'm changing it and i'm gonna say <laughs> yes all he has to do is pick yeah. up one more it just seems like a possibility and yeah if i think the team will set him up to do it so i don't even think he's gonna be on that team next year he might not. He might not. I, I honestly don't. I don't think that this year I would have said he's not going to make the team. Yeah. I if, mean, if you think about it, if you put him on any other team that's not named uh, Ineos or Jumbo Visma or done a quick step, mm-hmm. I don't think he wins any of those stages. I his lead out train was that good. His lead out train was great. I just think it's like I've constantly doubted him prior to this year, and I would think like, no, he's not going to make the team. Up, oh, he he snuck on there. He's not going to do anything. He's going to crash out, or he's going to. You know, who knows what, but he's not going to win a stage. Then he wins the stage. Then he wins the next one. Then he's in green. It's right. just like, how? at what point are you like, yeah, okay, well, maybe he can do this again, and maybe he can do it next year, and maybe he can get the record. It's like all signs point to yes from this particular grand tour that he just finished up. So yeah, I'm going to say yes this time instead of no. So we'll see. I'm going to say no. How about you, Lance? I, I think he's done. I said I said no. You said no. Lightning too. in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. think there's too many other big yeah. name sprinters that weren't there sure. this year. I don't think that he's going to be on the same team, and I just don't think he's going to have the same opportunity. You don't think he's going to be on the same team? I don't. I think that is well, his contract was the the minimum. That Jeez. was what they paid him the UCI minimum, and then I think that he ended up bringing a sponsor to the team, if yep. I'm not mistaken, yep. and then that was able that, to supplement some correct. of his income, which but he could do again. Now, done a quick step, only paid him like thirty-seven or thirty-eight thousand dollars to join the wow. team, and that's what the minimum is for the UCI. And then he brought sponsors with him that helped supplement Covered. the balance of what he wanted, which he could easily do again. I think Specialized really likes him. I think that there's other companies that are super sold on Cav, and he. You know, if you're going to bring a sponsor in and you're the green jersey holder, like what's why would you say no to that? Yeah. How much money do you think was exchanged between uh, Eddie Merckx and Walt Van Aert for that <laughs> last uh, stage? <laughs> it was just a Belgian beer. A Belgian think. beer? It was, 
<laughs> it, was a, it was a gentleman's bet between the two of them, probably. Yeah. And then everybody here on the podcast, including Evan, was a part of a little fantasy pool that we put yep. together. And Mr. Matt Legrand is the grand victor of the four of us. Well, you came what? in like second, third, yeah. second, second overall. Yeah, ended up second. Yeah. Um, I, th- yeah, that that was fun. Yeah. I think you really do have to pay attention to it. Yeah. Like I kind of put it on cruise control for a while, and yeah. I think that was a mistake. But uh, it was fun to you know yeah see like okay well you know manage your team or whatever yeah. it is and there was three races where I forgot to go yep. select the um, I, towards the end that I, I forgot that. to select the stage winner yeah and I had the stage winner on my team I'm like dang it that would have been double points I could have beat Matt but yeah. you know Matt did a good job so congratulations Thank you. Matt Thank you what do I win Congrats Here you win this. Oh, you're, you! you I, w- I win the polar uh, raspberry lime seltzer water. The Thank one, you. Here, the, the, the one that you <laughs> brought. That sounds like that sounds like victory. There you go. Look at that. Fizz pop. Right on. Cool. Any other parting thoughts on the TDF? It was so great to watch. I love waking fun. up it every was. morning and watching it. I am so sad that it's over. And you know, yes, you can look forward to you know the next Grand Tour. I, it's just I think the tour the. Tour de France is special compared to the Vuelta or the Giro. It's just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I think once a year I just dive in and really watch it for three weeks. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that. In, yeah, in it's, the other I'm definitely going to miss it too. It's it's the only one that I will make a conscious effort to go down and watch. Uh, I should watch more. The other ones I end up just kind of catching a stage here and there, and I'll do more reading about it and watching the mm-hmm. highlight reels um, just to kind of see how everybody's doing. But um, do you guys want to make a a pick for next year? Do you think? Um, Pogaccia three peats. That's the safe bet. I don't see why not. It's hard to bet against him right now. That's it for sure. Sure is. Sure is. What about Vingergo? Though I mean, he, man, with Jumbo Visma and if, if Roglic come back and let those two guys just ha- kind of have at it and be like co-support the both of them and whichever one's doing better or not crashing out, um, that could be interesting to see how Jumbo Visma does against that. I don't know. I think Vingergo might have been. Uh, part of circumstance as well i mean yeah. how many how many podium guys have you seen in the last decade that uh make the podium one year and you know don't ever even get close yep. again I that's agree true with that. it's true but he's young and he's got talent so i don't know there's true. there's a lot of young talent out there that's gonna be fun to watch we'll see yeah. stay tuned Cool. All right, let's jump into our topic for the day. I think we've done everything. Yeah, we've done everything. It's all here. Our, our topic for today, um, we've got a, a kind of a world-class one sitting across the table from me right now. We're going to talk about product reviews and how it applies to um, the world of cycling and triathlon and gadgetry that falls in those those um, those two arenas. Um, I, I really wanted to kind of go through like the, the whole process of like what goes into it. I want to go through the process of how you can find some good reviewers um, and, and really what makes a good review and what we would look for so that we're making good, solid, informed um, education or educational uh, decisions for the stuff that we're buying. Because a lot of stuff can get kind of pricey. And we're yeah. wanting to go out there and we're wanting to kind of make sure that we're making the right decision. So I want to run through this and, and see what everybody has to say. Matt's been doing this for a long time now and he's gotten really good at it. He's got it down to a science and he's, uh, you know, I, I think you've, you're what, over 8,000 people? You're creeping up on 10,000 uh, subs for your I'll channel. I think I'll get to 10,000 before the end of the year. But it, when people talk about triathlon reviews, mm-hmm. I, you're in that, that conversation now when people go and find stuff on YouTube. And I there, think that's fantastic. There are some great reviewers out there of products. I mean, the easy one to think of is, you know, DC Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and he does such a thorough good job with his reviews. It's definitely something that I didn't really see myself doing, but um, there it was definitely also something that I didn't want to avoid. So uh, also the other thing is, it, you know, the people are gravitating towards those on the channel, and so it just kind of self-perpetuates. Sure. So yeah. yeah, it's fun, and you're good at it. Too, and then so. and the other thing is, is like when companies finally start to send you products, then you feel obligated to review them. And then when some other company sees that you've reviewed them, then you get more products. And so that perpetuates itself as well. So it is super fun. And, you know, even getting the products is fun and stuff yeah. like that. And so it's uh, it's great. But there are, you know, other things besides triathlon too. You know, there's like all these camera reviews that yeah. you and I watch yes. a lot of times. And Lance is probably watching, you know, all kinds of channels on like where to mountain bike in Arkansas. Yep. And mustache wax. And rock mustache hounding. Wax. And rock hounding. <laughs> yes. And rock hounding. Absolutely. There's probably like a science to that. Yep. So l- let's go through this first process first, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> how do you guys go about finding good places for good reviews and good reviewers? Yeah. How do you guys How do you guys kind of break that down? I, I know that it can be a little bit of a, a daunting process, especially in the land of YouTube, because you go out there and you type something in. And there is just a myriad of different yeah. review- reviewers and channels out there. How do you go and like kind of drill it down and find some good ones? Well, I think that, you know, first of all, before you get to YouTube, there's this whole concept of like there's magazines that are going to have, you know, re- product reviews. And there's, you know, you don't really see it as much on like television anymore. But there's websites, obviously, that are going to do product reviews. And those are a fantastic place to find options as well. But I do think that YouTube is the best spot, mm-hmm. even better than you know a well-published magazine. Uh, I still find those they they typically are tainted by you know advertising and things like that. Yeah. And I just find them not to be as good of quality as some of the stuff that's on YouTube. Yeah, and a lot of it comes down to trust too, mm-hmm. right? Where um, you know if you know someone like DC Rainmaker Ray, like you just know like he is trustworthy. Like, you know, he's going to do a more thorough job than any magazine. And it's like, well, that's, that's the spot. This is, this is, and he's, he does have a website as well as YouTube. So you can take your pick there on whether you'd like to read it or watch it. Sure. Uh, And so it's a good, it's a good option that way. It is. um, Where do you generally go, Lance? Do you, do you start on the interwebs and and start reading stuff first? Do you just go straight to YouTube? What's your, your protocol? I, I generally go straight to YouTube um, and, and I I type in like a yep. like the product I want to look for with the word review usually yeah that's that and and then you know usually find 15 different options I watch yeah. the first 15 seconds to see if it's gonna be funny <laughs> and not just <laughs> dull and that's kind of the, the route I go um, I don't I have gone to DC uh, Rainmaker's website a few times to dig in a little bit deeper because, Mm -hmm. man, his reviews are so thorough. If you really want to dig into it, there's too much information. Yeah. But if you really want to, if you really want to dig into it, you, you have that option with him. Um, But uh, other products and other things, no, I don't, I don't really go anywhere else, but YouTube. The other thing that we probably all do is we listen to our friends who are talking on Facebook or social media or just in person on rides. How do you like that thing? Yeah. How do you, you know, oh, those are the Pirelli tires. Like, I haven't seen any reviews on those tires. Yeah. I've gone n- 
Unless, are you guys making one? Did you already make one? It's just about done. Okay. Just sore subject. <laughs> sore subject. So I've seen zero reviews on these tires, but I'm going to put them on my wheels. Sure. Like today, hopefully. Yep. Because you guys, I trust your judgment. And this is basically the in-person friend of saying, like, these tires are fine. They're good. They're solid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, and also that's what we can get, right? I mean, we, you know, tires are scarce these days. And, yeah. And so when you don't know, like... We know the Continentals are solid. We know that the Vittorias, eh, they're questionable, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, but like, so those are kind of like the brands that I know. And so this is something different, and I'm just trusting my friend's judgment. There you yeah. go. So going back to YouTube, will you guys judge the quality of the review or the, the, the reviewer based on the quality of the production that they make? Like, if they're really putting a lot of time, energy, and effort into making sure that it's well-produced, like it looks good, it sounds good, it flows well, it's got all the graphics, do you judge based on that at all? Or Because I guess Raymaker doesn't, or DC Raymaker, doesn't put a whole ton of stuff in there. I mean, it's, there's still work done. It's still edited well. But yeah, I think like if does. I look at your channel, like I automatically kind of like elevate you just a little bit because you're you're – you're not only putting out the product, but you want to make sure that your information is well received and it's it's well liked and it, it looks pretty and it's going to have good content. You're kind of like checking just a couple extra boxes that a lot yeah. of other people don't do. I think that you don't need to do all of those other items. I think what what if you look at Ray DC Rainmaker's channel, like the quality's there, in my opinion. Like he, yeah, I'm not saying he he's has, poor, but yeah, you know, he's not filming it like a handheld GoPro or on his on his phone, mm -hmm. which. And, you know, and that stuff is also okay to do. Like yeah. it's, it's content over quality 10 or a hundred times fold. I think when you do see something that's of nicer quality, it's just like that nicer little piece of thing. Like it's in the back of your head. We're like, yeah. Oh, this is nice. Uh, someone put some effort into this. Um, I definitely notice it because we're looking at camera stuff all the time, or sure. we're looking at reviews or YouTube things. And we're critical of this and we're trying to make quality content. And so we, we pick up on those little things, whereas I think other people don't and don't care. And yeah. it's 99% of the time they're like, I'm trying to figure out this one thing and you're just getting in my way and I just want to get that information. Yeah. And so like if you you can actually look at YouTube stats and you can see the drop off rates and mine just plummet the first 15 seconds or, or whatever it is because I don't get to the content that quickly. And um, And I think other channels do a better job and I don't think it's necessarily about, you know, filming quality and camera quality and the cinematics of the video as much as it is about the content. And so, you know, I think, you know, if you're looking for review, you're not as much worried about quality as the content itself because you are so curious about just that bit of information, whether it's, you know, those tires, mm -hmm. you know, like if the quality is not great, that's okay. I just want to be, you know, I want to trust the person that's giving me the information and I want to hear about his experience with sure. that particular product. And so, you know, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that quality is going to be that much of a determining factor. Okay. So that's my opinion. Does it add to the likelihood of you wanting to come back to that person for more information or adding to the credibility of the information that they're providing you? I think people are good at reading. I think two things. I think definitely... If a, if a piece of video is, like, well-produced and there's a lot of quality there, it does lend itself to, like, okay, this person knows what they're doing, which, you know, maybe they know what they're doing with cameras. They don't have any idea what they're doing with bike or whatever, triathlon, whatever piece of product they're reviewing. So 
sometimes that there's that little bit of transfer where it's like this looks nice he must know what he's talking about but you know that's pretty subtle if you see if we know someone and we're like this is um Woot Van Art and he's talking about you know tire pressure yeah. you're gonna listen to that guy you yeah. don't care about the quality yeah. of the you know he can be doing it with his cell phone you're gonna be like well he kind of knows what he's talking yeah. about you know when it comes to like tire selection and things like that because we know he has the experience and so when you pick someone new through youtube search or whatever it is you're still trying to figure out if this guy is worth trusting yeah i think so i for me part of it is, is like if somebody's putting in that extra bit of effort it means mm -hmm. that they care they're just trying to this is something yeah. that they're trying to make a little bit more legitimate. They're trying to make mm -hmm. it sustainable. They're trying to make it be something that that you know maybe scratches an itch of the creativity, but it just it adds a little bit more depth to like the quality of the work that they're putting out there. And it just seems to me like, all right, mm -hmm. this person is a little bit more enthusiastic about what they're doing. They're a little bit more driven to make sure that not only they're providing a, a good look and feel, but yeah. good information as well. Just it just adds another layer of like credibility to me. Now, I don't want to say that that takes away. I just think it adds to. Yeah. Now, someone like Dylan Johnson, he's been on the podcast before. Yeah, he's his, great. his podcast is just a, a basic light in his iPhone. You know, it's yeah. and he may be talking about doing some other stuff, but he's not putting a ton of production value into his stuff, but he's providing great content. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about necessarily the, how good a quality it is. Yeah. It could be infinitely better. Like if Matt got his better. hands on the whole setup and, and taught him a few things and make sure he had all the equipment, it'd be a whole different like ball game. Yeah. But Someday I'll go like over and visit Dylan and be like, all right, let's just get you a camera and get you set up and just like get it all set up yeah. and be like, all you have to do is press record here and edit it the same yeah. way you want to edit it. Yeah. But like it's more work for him for sure yeah. to do it that way. Uh, I do think it would increase the quality and I think that that would help a little bit. But I think he's doing great just the way he's doing it. And so it's almost like, you know, stick with what's working, yeah. you know, and, don't, you know, your workflow is so important. And adding all of these extra steps to your workflow is potentially going to keep you from putting out, you know, putting out as much content, which I think, again, content is king. And uh, I just I just really like his channel. I think he does a great job. So gotcha. OK, so. <laughs> what about the reviewer or the person that's basically just regurgitating everything that's on the manufacturer's website about said product and they're just basically reading it to you? I see that quite often and they're not really giving you like their two cents. It's more of yeah. like, watch my video, give me some subscribes, watch, uh, give me some thumbs up likes and hopefully I can monetize this thing and make a few bucks. Do you yeah. guys run across that pretty often? I think, yeah, you know, there's, there's five or six different reviewers that, that do that kind of thing in the specking industry. And I, those are the guys I get through like 30 or 40 seconds of, and I, mm. I exit out, I move on yeah. because I want, I want people's personal experience. I want, okay, this is what I expected that I was going to get from this product. And this is how it actually worked for me. Yep. And you know, if, if they make it funny or amusing, you know, and the, to me, the production value certainly helps, but it's not, it's not you know pertinent to it yeah if that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah, it's like although with a lot of, with a lot of different products if you don't if you don't if you can't film properly you can't quite see what you're trying to see anyway and that's what i want to know gotcha cool um all right so how about <laughs> there's a lot of people that'll go on and they'll maybe watch a bunch of other reviewers and maybe mm -hmm. they don't know 
too much about the project, but they're basically just watching other channels and then they're going out there and saying the same thing that everybody else said. Do you guys run across that often as well? Do you guys I've know seen that on some camera camera shows and things like that? I I think it's okay, you know, as long as they're giving some of their own opinion about something that they've haven't even used. Yeah. Um, but I think that's hard because you know it's when you're reviewing a product, you really do want to have like hands-on experience and your sure. own real views, not just other people's kind of concepts of it. But I don't know. It's it's such a crowded landscape that I think people are just trying to get information out there to get those views. And you can, in some ways, it's it's kind of a good thing. Like you see these people that are, you know, going after views and things like that, but like you know that their channel is going to be around for a little bit. They're mm-hmm. going to make content for a while. Yeah. They're not just like hand-holding their phone and they're like, this is this one thing that I am going to talk about and then you'll never you'll never see another video from this person again because they that's not what they do. This is just something that they threw up. Yep. And so part of me kind of respects the game of trying to get views because it's part of YouTube. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah, if you're going to put all that time, energy, and effort into it, and I think a lot of people have no idea how much work actually goes into producing just a single like 10 minute video right you're like oh that's 10 minutes yeah you just you know like i spent a week on this yeah 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 (laughs) i maybe put 20 hours into that thing no problem and that that's legit and that's on top of like for matt that's on top of a full-time job it's Mm -hmm. like right where are you gonna what part of your life are you gonna take that away from so yeah um it's crazy Okay. It's not a smart decision. Yeah. You came out with a video that I thought was pretty good, and it was uh, You Can't Trust Matt Legrand. Yeah. So that kind of just falls into the vein <laughs> of, of people that are not disclosing that reviews are paid for or sponsored. And I have such a hard time with this. It's really something that I struggle with where I, I mean, I would say 95% of the videos that I watch, uh-huh. there's not like much disclosure of like, this is a sponsored ad. Like that, you're killing me here. Yeah, it's like it, and they might even—they're not trying to hide it necessarily. But like YouTube gives you the tools to say like this is a paid-for sponsored promotion. Yeah, and you should use those tools so that it's very clear to everyone. I just think it's misleading, and I think everyone is almost on board for being like, yeah, it's misleading, but whatever. Like this is just how you advertise these days, and I just think like that's crap. Like we can do better. Let's do better. Mm-hmm. I made a video a while back, a couple, maybe a couple months ago. Yeah. And the whole point of it was like, you know, here's my story. Like, here's what you can expect from my videos. You know, not that I'm better than anyone else because there are some people that do a lot better at this than I do. Uh, But, you know, when companies send me products, you know, I want to make sure people know, like, this is, you know, a value. This is something of value that was given to me with the hopes of a review. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not giving it to me because they like me. They're giving it to me because they want me to review it and they want me to basically sell their products for them. That's what they want. You know, that's not what I and and I basically have like a a standard message that I send them. Like, I do not guarantee that I will review your product. I definitely do not guarantee that I will do a positive review for your product. It may, you know, and so they're they're taking a chance if they send me something, which I think is very hard for them. Like a lot of times they'll be like, no, 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 everyone we do this with will sign a contract and say that they will, I'm not joking. We expect a contract to be signed that you will do a rev, you know, a positive review in, in return for getting this product. Seriously? Yeah. I should show you some messages that I get. It's like, uh, I don't do that. 
you don't have to send me the product. You've, you're asking me to review yeah, the product. Yeah. I'm not going to sign a contract. How many, how many people just pull the plug at that point? A lot of them. And I, I will say that it's not necessarily... I feel like this is weird because every platform is different, but I do feel like the people on YouTube are a little bit better off at kind of... And I think it's probably just harder to build an audience on YouTube, but it's like if you've got 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, you're probably not taking you know, junk from someone and signing a contract and just saying whatever they want you to say about it. Some of them probably are, but I think the majority of the people, you know, it's very easy to see those people that are doing that yeah. and you're just not going to subscribe to them. Yeah. And so they don't have this huge following. Whereas Instagram is different. Instagram, I think that you have these influencers on Instagram that are like, yeah, I take this product and I get my pictures with it. And that's part of what I do for my job. Yeah. And there's a contractual agreement on like how many photos are going to be taken. And, you know, uh, you know, you have to write this blurb with kind of similar to what they want. And so that's misleading for sure, if you don't make sure you're clear telling people that it's, it's, it's an advertisement. It's interesting to see what some countries are doing with that right now yeah. in terms of like having, having to disclose that that's a sponsored ad that in, people are paying you to post. And because you're an influencer, people yeah. need to know that. In England, it's stricter than in the U.S. Uh -huh. And we have disclosure rules in the U.S. It's just not that tightly enforced. And it's bad in television too, right? Like, you don't realize it, but when someone's drinking their polar seltzer water on the soap opera on TV, yeah. that's paid for. Yep. That's been placed there. And like sometimes if you read the credits of a of a you know, T V show or a movie or something like that, they'll put a small blurb in there. Mm -hmm. But like there's no like beginning of the video like, you know, Polar sent us this to be whatever. Like it's all subtly right. snuck no. in there. Yep. And I think that I don't know. in my belief is that we can do better. Um I don't know how to exactly do it on the television side of things, but I think on the YouTube side of things, I put that disclosure at the beginning of the videos, which I think is a, also another big hit that you take, right? Where you're like, you're losing viewers because they don't want to sit through this disclosure piece. But I do think it's important that they know that this product was sent to me or whatever the deal is. So, Gotcha. Integrity is... Uh it, it, it's not always out there and, and there's a lot of people that are just looking to make the almighty dollar. So most of the people that we follow, yeah, hundred percent trustworthy. And it's interesting because I get a lot of comments on my videos about, Oh, DC rainmaker is just paid, paid by Garmin to talk about blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he is at all. Like, I mean, I, f I don't know Ray personally, but I mean, I feel like I know him well enough to yeah. know he's not taking money from any of those companies. I do. I would ask him if he has done like a, a paid speaking position or, you know, like if he goes to a conference and speaks about sure. Garmin at the Garmin conference, if he gets paid for that, that would be like one of those spots that would maybe want some disclosure pieces there. But he's not in the pocket of Wahoo or Garmin yeah. or Apple or whatever. A lot how of many, people will ask me how that. How many times have you been accused of that? Uh, not that many, actually. The people really? that take the time to comment were, are, will say things bad about the other channels. Uh -huh. And they're, they're like, you're not in the pocket of Apple. Like, okay. like Des Fit isn't, you know, Des Fit is sponsored by Apple. I'm like, he's not. I promise he's not. And yeah. they'll say other things that aren't that nice about other channels, but they're typically nice about mine. Uh, that being said, like they're wrong about those other channels. Like those people are just stand up individuals. Sure. They're they're better than I am as far as like disclosures and things like that. So 
they do a good job. Cool. So what are a couple things, like a couple red flags that automatically cause you to steer away from a review if you're watching a review or if you're checking out some sort of new YouTuber that's going to be reviewing products? That, that whole concept of usually it's like that they have something to sell, right? So all of us do, right? Like for me, I started the YouTube channel with the goal of selling people on the sport of triathlon. Yeah. We all are trying to sell something. Yep. And so, you know, whether you might, maybe you're just selling yourself, right? Like you want more subscribers and that's great too. But like, so, you know, establishing like, is this person just trying to sell me a product or are they going to give me a good review? And I yeah. think that whole feeling out that process is tricky. And, you know, I think it's not that hard. I just don't think I follow anyone or yeah. subscribe to anyone that I think is really trying to sell too much stuff. And if they are, I think like I'm, I'm like, okay, this person's trying to sell their course on whatever filmmaking yeah. or yeah. course on triathlon or whatever. It's like you have to establish like that's what they're trying to sell. They're going to give me a whole bunch of good information in return for me watching their sales yeah. pitch. So yeah, I find that there's a certain level of tolerance. Like yeah. you'll you'll let some of it slide, but if it gets past a certain point, yep. then you're like, eh. I think you're exactly right about that. There's just like that whole piece where I've heard enough. Yep. You're you're just selling stuff, and and that's. <laughs> And I even get, I even start to get that vibe with um, YouTubers that constantly have sponsored ads. I'm like, okay, you know, like when you do a sponsored clip on video, like I'm totally okay with it. You know, occasionally, it's when you do it every single, you know, three or four times a week. It's like this is a sponsored video. This is a sponsored video. It's just like constantly over yeah. and over again. I, I'm okay with the like quick little clips of, you know, this is. I'm trying to think of a good example. A lot of those masterclass things or whatever that yeah. people talk about, they'll be like those little short clips. But when they have like sponsored videos where they're like, this is polar seltzer water and this is what we're going to talk about today. And it's a sponsored video. And it's like constantly that kind of stuff where it is a sponsored video. They're getting paid to talk about a product. And that's what the entire video is about. There's no value there for yeah. me. So I do find quite a few people out there that I really like that like to just give away information, teach and educate. Mm -hmm. And it's not always about the the sponsorship or who's paying for what, where, when, when, how. And like a person that I really like, and he does he does a fair amount of sponsored stuff. And he does yeah. like talk about people that sponsor his channel, but uh, it's more film and camera and techie yeah. kind of stuff. But that's Gerald Undone. Yeah. Um, I, I like him a lot. And he just, he, he's got a lot of information and he'll just yeah. be like, hey, I got to pay a couple bill, bills here for <laughs> just a second. And then he gets right back to it when yeah. he does that stuff. But it's not often that stuff comes through. That I feel like he's trying to shove something down my throat. It's yeah. more of like, I'm here, I get it. And my tolerances, you're well within my tolerances. Yeah. Like, all right, tell, exactly. me, tell, me what, tell me what you have to sell. And, and, and I think he's, he's going to read those spec lists, yeah. but he's going to be like, what's wrong about those yeah like, that's his thing is he's trying to figure out exactly like, you know yeah. and that's great and even the sponsors that that sponsor his stuff i'm like all right he uses that stuff he mm -hmm. likes it and, and they're paying him so it's like a win-win situation yeah. so it's a, another bit of information another layer of information and there are other people that transcend other genres of youtube reviews that yeah. i will have that certain tolerance for there are definitely people out there like all right i can't take this anymore unsubscribe don't show me that channel anymore yeah. it just happens so how about you lance you still there? I I'm I am still here. I'm um I'm more on screen talent than really uh mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> getting into all that other stuff, I guess. I, I I do know that if someone doesn't seem sincere or doesn't seem like or, or they really are just trying to hawk something, you can kind of see right through that. And 
I, I steer away from that right away if that's the case. Gotcha. But Let's... I mean, every everybody's on YouTube to sell something. Yeah. They're they're selling something. Either trying to get subscribers to be able to monetize it so that they can turn a hobby into another source of income, or they're trying to sell a you know a specific product, or they're trying to sell you know people to buy into a sport or a belief or an idea that they believe in themselves. Yeah. Lance, do you like vegan cyclist? Yeah, I and, do. And a lot of it's because um, like his personality is good, right? Yeah, he's he's funny and he's he's real. He says very I real. suck today, and and this is why I suck today. And you know, I, you know, I'm I'm a 35 year old dad who yeah. you know really should be on the downhill slide of my athletic career. And for some reason, this last week I felt fantastic. And he's and he's funny, you know. Yeah, I think that's the key is he's very easy to watch and just hang out with, right? Where it's like you almost feel like you have this connection with a real person. Yeah. And I definitely think right. a lot of reviews lack that. For sure. It's something I need to work what, on for sure. What about GCN? You guys like GCN? Do you guys feel like that's a little overproduced? Do you feel like that's a little too much uh, shoving product down your throat? Or what do, what do you think? Um, I do feel like it's a bit overproduced for me personally. Like I... I think that they make great content. They make a yeah. lot of content. I don't watch it, to be honest, because it's not that. I mean, I just I don't have that emotional connection to it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like they're gonna do they they do a good job with certain things. Like I do, I think they do a great job with like their news shows and things like that, and making it fun. When they they don't necessarily do a product review as much because they will do like basically a sponsored ad and they do a decent job of disclosing that it's a sponsored ad when they do things like that uh but yeah then they're basically just reading a spec list when they when they do those so um not that interesting to me uh you know but then you start to get attached to some of the personalities and there's certain personalities on their shows that i do like uh, like Simon is yep. one of their guys, like one of their people. I think he's hilarious. He's yep. fun. Yep. And Dan, I think, is like the other guy that kind of started the show. Like those guys that kind of started the show, I really like. And then they start bringing in other, um, you know, other folks onto the thing. And I'm not quite as attached to them. So it's easier for me to just be like, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I don't need to watch these, yeah. you know, these particular videos anymore. Yeah, I don't find myself going and watching everything, but I, I always find myself coming back and watching one every now and then just mm-hmm. because something will pop up and the thumbnail catches your attention yeah. or it's a good title. Or, and, and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to watch that. There's, I'm not, I, I need a little break from whatever I'm watching yeah. on the YouTubes, but yeah. What do you think about those guys, Lance? Um, I, I don't watch them very often. I am a subscriber because they do have some content that I think is interesting yep. occasionally. But, but yeah, I guess I, I, but I don't watch them that often. How many channels do you think that you subscribe to on YouTube? Oh, 30. Okay. I'm probably about the same. Oh my gosh. I'm like 200. Seriously? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I, I subscribe to a bunch of them and I just got kind of tired of, of some yeah. of them. And I just like, I, I never watch you. I, I will start watching your video and it's not that it's bad. It's just like, I'm not connecting with you. So I'll, I'll yep. unsubscribe and I'll just look like sometimes stuff will pop back up from them and I'll check back in every now and then if it's a good product and yeah. maybe I'm searching for that, I'll, I'll watch their stuff. Yeah, but. I need to thin the herd for sure. It's bad. <laughs> and, and they're they're all like different things. It's like camera stuff, triathlon yep. stuff, you know, let's say a, a video comes up that's, like oh this this could be a good video I'm gonna watch this the thumbnail looks good and everything but you yeah. see a bunch of dislikes 
Do you still watch it, or you just you carry on because your time's too valuable? I don't think I have ever noticed really the dislike number that much. I mean, I guess the stuff that pops up never really has that many dislikes. It's usually usually get like a you know one yeah. percent dislike just randomly. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily find it with people that I subscribe to, yeah. but if I'm searching for a particular topic or a how-to or something like that, then I will see quite yeah. a few dislikes. I'm like, yeah, pass, moving on to the next one. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah I've always I, told I, people... I don't even look at those. Yeah, I've always told people, like, if you hit the dislike button, it really doesn't matter. That means maybe my content is not going to show up in your feed as much, Yeah, but I don't think that there's a lot of, like, don't think that you're hurting someone you know, by putting the dislike, you're basically, you're giving them a view anyway Yeah. by going into their channel and then clicking on the dislike. It's probably not going to show up as much for you in the future, but yeah, exactly. I don't think it really hurts yeah. your channel. So cool. All right. So what makes a good review? What let, let's talk about, like, let's, yeah, let's talk about what kind of makes a good review for you guys. What are you looking for? What kind of information are you wanting to be delivered to you? Um, I want to know the key or unique features of whatever product it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their 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 personal experience with it, what they were expecting to have from that product, and whether the that the product met those personal experiences. Yeah, I'd say. And it better be it better be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say same thing. It's all about learning for me. It's like, ooh, this is something I don't know about, and like give me the details on this thing like it'd be great if it was like someone that i trust telling me the details on this particular sure. product right where it's like maybe it's a heart rate monitor what, like, what's different about this one what's new about it like you know if is it hard to connect to all these things like you know what makes this different and worth talking about so yeah that's um that's definitely the stuff that i am interested in watching uh with product reviews and you know, I could just go to Garmin and get the spec list or something like that, but I'd rather have someone that I trust tell me the details. Yeah. So, you know, stuff on paper looks good. Yeah. It doesn't always pan out that way. And there's yeah. a lot of stuff Absolutely. about like Garmin in general. Like, I love Garmin and I've said that for a long time, you know, but there's certain things that on paper it just doesn't pan out. They'll say that this is this and this is what it does. And you use it and you're like, yeah, that's a bunch of hooey. That just doesn't check out. Like, you know, you just, you don't know that this is really happening. You don't have that, that kind of depth to your sensor. I mean, maybe get you in the ballpark, but it doesn't necessarily pan out. I'm not going to give specific examples, but that's just something that happens for me. How about you, Lance? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything to add there. Gotcha. All right. Let's talk about the, the process of creating a review. Um, Matt's been doing this for a while now. He's been reviewing stuff and it's, uh, I, I think he's got a little bit of a process and in full disclosure, Matt stepped off to go potty. He's got to go to the bathroom. So he's in the bathroom right now. He'll be right back. So I'll have to reiterate this when he sits back down. But for you, Lance, do you have a process? I know you and I've done a few videos. We've reviewed some stuff. We're going to be doing even more over the course of time. And we'll just sit down and, and kind of compare notes before we do something. But have you started to maybe come up with some something of a, a, a blueprint that you want to use for when we go through the review process so it can be consistent and uh, something we can replicate over and over again? I, I, what I want to do is I, I want people to understand what the experience is like to begin to use a certain product. Yes. You know, Jake and I, we're going to be reviewing cycling stuff, cycling specific stuff. So what's it like to actually get this product? Um, you know, what, what is actually in the box when you get it? What's, what's all there and then what are my personal experiences with it yeah. the tricky thing is is if if we're going to film a review 
I need to have that product in my hands on my bike for two or three weeks, yeah. sometimes longer, depending on what the product is, so that I can really get my ideas of, hey, you know, this is what they claimed was going to be a cool feature on this yeah. product, and it actually was a cool feature, not okay, they said it was going to be cool and it actually kind of blows. It's not helping me at all, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, Matt, we told everybody that, that you went to go potty. Mm. You had to go use the bathroom, the little, little boys' Great. room. Um, we're, I'm we're, drinking tons of this. <laughs> polar, polar seltzer polar water, water, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plugging these guys. Um, yeah. We're yeah. talking about, like, do, do you have a blueprint that you follow, some sort of like a process that you follow for when you do your review process that you try and check all of the boxes and kind of go from point A to point Z and, and cover everything there, and keep it somewhat consistent? There's no – I don't have a blueprint or anything like that, and I don't try to keep it consistent because I – I don't think that's a bad idea, actually, because I could speed up your process, mm -hmm. which I think is huge for us that you know we want to put out videos. Yeah. But at the same time, there are things that I think are kind of typical, you know, where I will almost always like weigh a product myself and compare it to like the manufactured, yeah. you know, specs or whatever, and I'll always, you know, um, just you know measure the product, and I will, you know, I will try to at least test whatever the big feature is. Lance just mentioned that you know, two or three weeks with a product using will really give you a good idea. Some of the times you get a product with like two or three days and they're like, yeah. this is when the product is. So you get this pre-release product and they're saying like, you know, the embargo date is this. So you can go live with a video on this particular date and you don't have, you know, two or three weeks to test it. You only yeah. have a couple of days and you do for the views you do want to be right there on that like date the of, release cycle, of yeah. the release. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a tough thing, you know, because you're maybe you're doing your viewers a disservice, right? Because you're saying like, I've only been with this whatever bike computer for two or three days and here I am trying to tell you about yeah. it. And but, so you're not going to do as good of a job. Yeah, as what you, could. you do and a lot of other people do as well that I quite respect and I think that it's a good uh, thing is like you're telling them like, Hey, this isn't my full review. Right. This is kind of a, an unboxing and my first initial response to yeah. like some of my first initial uses of said device. I'm going to follow this up with a full review. And then you'll even go a step beyond that for some of your more popular items is I'm going to do a 100 day review and tell you like really like an in-depth review of what I think of this. Yeah. So. I like doing that. Like, here's what, you know, this watch I've used for a hundred days and that's what I just released one with the Garmin Enduro, which is a, a, ultra running watch which has got yeah. a great battery life it's an awesome watch i really do like it i use that thing a ton i ended up using it for way more than 100 days actually i called it my 100 day review but sure it's enough time that you've you know beat it up a little bit sure right and so how is it going to take a beating you know things like that i think are important because these people are going to use this watch for two or three years yeah and so um, it's still hard to say if, if that's enough time because maybe there's never enough time. How sure. does this watch hold up after five years? I don't know. Probably not great. But, uh, you know, I think it's good. I think that's, a, and again, that's all trying to clickbait people, right? Like, I want them to click on my videos and skip over Lance's review of the Garmin Enduro. So I want the <laughs> I want my review to say, like, this review after 100 days because they'll look at that and click it, you know? Yep. So that's why I do it. 
Uh, and I think after a hundred days is a you know good block of time to kind of see like okay, or you could do a hundred miles, or you could do you know any yeah. sort of metric like yeah. that. So. so DC will go through and he'll mm-hmm. break down every last stinking feature. And I don't necessarily need all that because I'm not going to use all that stuff. But right. it, it, I'm not everybody, so everybody's going to come at these devices with a different approach. Yes. So that's that's a good thing that he yeah. does that. And um, I, I. I for my review process, though, that's where I kind of have a hard time because I don't want to review parts and pieces yeah. of it that I'm never going to use. I'm like, right. so it's like really more about my practical use and application and things that I find yeah. necessary. But maybe here's a couple other things, like mm-hmm. maybe not the 50 other things, but here's three or four of the things that are intriguing to me. Yeah. Is that going to turn you off as a viewer that I'm not digging into the whole thing? So, for m- so I think what people should realize is that these are you you know there are other people yeah. that are going to review these things and this is you're at Jake's you know channel and you're looking at his impression sure. of this product and here's how he used this product yep and i think that's important is everyone's going to use these products differently i'm not going to use every single feature on my Garmin sure. watch it's kind of a triathlon channel you kind of know what you're going to get you're yeah. going to get swim bike run stuff and so Jake might use this product completely different. Like that's why his video is still fantastic. And that's why, you know, you have these different channels that yeah. have different products. So I think it's good to not go over every single item because it would be a very long, yeah. boring video and kind of really hit on the stuff that's important to you. At the same time, you're still trying to attract viewers and your viewers are just vastly different. Yeah. You know, you've got people that are like, only care about the mountain bike features other viewers that don't give a flip about mountain biking at all like how is this going to work for time trialing that's all i care about and you do want to you know you do want to mention enough information for both of those viewers because you want as broad an audience as possible sort of so i think it's tough i mean i think it's tricky to to manage that like give every single detail about a product or do you just try and highlight the stuff that's kind of important to you to be honest like I think that the, you know, mountain biking features that I talk about on the 530 aren't that important to me. I use them. I switch it into mountain biking mode when I go on my mountain bike. But, sure. but like, eh, it's not that big of a deal yeah. to me. But I mention it because yeah. it's a differentiator between that and the and the v- video that's coming up soon is going to be like 530 versus the Bolt version 2. And gotcha. it's like, that's going to be a differentiator. Like, yeah. that's a big piece. If you do mountain biking, you might want to pick the 530. Yeah. But... You know, again, is that super important to me personally? Eh, I don't know, you know, but it's definitely something that I'm going to mention in the video. Yeah. So, I don't know. Any input on this, Lance? Um, No, I think Matt uh, nailed it on the head there. Gotcha. All right, here's another part. Um, The video comes out. It's a good video, and it's got tons of views, but it's also got a bunch of comments do you dig into the comments and go read and see kind of just to get a little bit of a consensus Mm. you're going to get people in there they're going to like you know be a little snarky or they're going to say stuff to just say stuff or they might be a little bit of a homer but some people will give you some good practical real feedback and like the last video that lance and i put out my gosh there's a lot of people that turn on turn my head on a bunch of things like i didn't think about that or you know what that device that everybody keeps talking about to compare it to maybe that's something we need to look into like the the hammerhead yeah, that thing is like getting a lot of good positive. Have you feedback. reached out to them? No, not yet, and that's I that's on the list. Them. I can't get really. I want to review that product, and I can't seem to get a hold of it. I'll I'll try again or yeah. something, but but that that's a place where like if you know how to quickly like kind of sift through all of the garbage in there, and there is a lot of garbage yeah. that people will post up there, but you can get some good honest feedback. You know, oh, yeah, that that's a good place to go. 
And these the, are people that are going to have experiences like, I didn't even think about that. Now I need to go try that, use that, test it out, and see how it actually works. And, right. And add that into my whole, like, uh, paradigm. My The comment section yeah. in my videos are so good. They yeah. are, it's amazing that, like, even, like, my Tour de France picks, they're like, oh, yeah, Kevin is just going to do great. He's going to win. He's going to be in green. And I'm like, whoa, no way. But they know way more. Uh, you know about whatever it is that they're specifically interested in than yeah. than us, and it's great to have those details in there. And so I do. I pretty much read every single comment. I have a hard time with the negative ones, but I'm like, try to be cool. Don't <laughs> throw this. Sometimes, sometimes right. I should, I don't remember one that was like I don't know if it was like yesterday or the day before, and they were talking about some old video, and they're like, why do you talk with your? It was like something funny, like this guy talks with his hands way too much, and I don't know. It was something negative. And I sent a clip of uh, Ricky Bobby. And there's like a part in the um, what's the name of that movie with Ricky Bobby? Like the it's da- no, it's not Days of Thunder. Talladega Nights. Talladega, Talladega Nights. Nights. And there's this part where he's being interviewed and he's like, what do I do with my hands? And he's like, oh, just put them by your side. And in the video, he's just like, <laughs> like his hands kind of like come up Super into the awkward. clip. Super awkward. I love it. But um, it was. You know, it's hard to deal with the negative comments for sure. It's amazing they're, they're what not fun. some people will do. Like the time that they will take to go write something that's like just being a little bit of an a hole yeah. or snarky or whatnot. It's like, really, you took the time to write that? How is, how's that productive? And but it, my impression is that they don't <laughs> think that you're going to read it. They're yeah. trying to be f- snarky and funny to the rest of the people watching them. Sure. But like those comments get buried. Like most of the people that are watching our videos are like fans or like friends or whatever. And yeah. They like our video. Your snarky comments probably not going to go that far. Yeah, so that's funny. <laughs> All right, um, real quick, just on just the establishing the process. It's for me, it's like a, about creating baselines and and being able to to consistently provide like a consistent review. And you know, basically, it's more about like what my expectations and, and hopes were for said product and making sure that it kind of covers those bases. Um, and then just spend a fair amount of time with the product, with kind of like uh, Matt just said and Lance just said and um, I, I really like to try to talk to other people. I'm in a fortunate position where yeah. there's a lot of people that come through the doors here that yeah. I can say, hey, what did you think of fill-in-the-blank item? And they'll give me good feedback. And f- like the the Bolt, like the Bolt version 2, yeah. that's been super well-received. I've probably put about 30 of those things out into the wild, and I'm starting mm-hmm. to get some reports back of people that have actually used them, yep. and, and they're giving me some good, and they're giving me some bad. Yep. And that's good stuff that I can, I can share with other people. So Yeah, that... that product it seems like it's having some software issues and things like that and yeah. so i th- it's uh, it's still hard for me to like nail down all the details but like people in the comment section do a great job of telling you like you know what's sure. wrong and yep. what problems they're having and yep it's sometimes you're not having the same problems they are with the product so it's tricky but yep. you know i know that product's at least moving well yeah so. and then the last thing is i try not to get too influenced or jaded on something or swayed by other reviews when mm-hmm. we're talking about like stuff that we're putting out there. So I don't want to go watch all of the other reviewers to, yeah. and, and fall into that trap of like, I'm going to say the same thing that they're saying. I want to just kind of give a, f- like a clean, fresh yep. feedback, a bit of feedback to these folks. And I'm hoping that that that's something that comes out and, and plays oh. well. It's but tricky. Cause like I watch your video and I'm influenced by you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's a good point. Those guys did, you know, yeah. they're talking about like um, trail trail forks. I'm like, yeah, I got to mention that. Yep. I got that straight from your guys' video. I'm like, this is important to these guys. Yep. Like, 
that's going to influence that's the way. perfectly fine like right. if i were to do that and i say and i think we even like talked about you in, in a video that maybe we have in the can or some other mm -hmm. <laughs> video that we put up like our friend over at the matt, matt legrand over at his channel he talked about this and this is what that's and we totally agree with him mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff like you know, it's just yeah, or not you yeah. can you know like you see this and you're like nope <laughs> these guys are wrong about whatever yeah, they're <laughs> wrong about the swimming and the running part yes so. definitely <laughs> cool awesome all right so the last part are let's let's just throw out some good channels for cycling and triathlon so people can maybe go and check these things out for products or things that fall into those uh those those categories mm -hmm. what are some good channels that you really like for product reviews i really do think people should follow dc rainmaker i think he does a great job he's thorough he does an ex he does excellent work the other channel that they may not follow um it would be uh des fit he has a, a nice channel and honestly, he does a very thorough job on all of his reviews. I really like the way they come together. They're well filmed. They're well just taken care of. There are other channels as well. There's um, there's an there's an ultra runner named uh, Dave who does a channel called Chase the Summit. It's really fantastic if you're kind of more on the running side. Uh, but he does watches and things like that as well. And he is just cranking out really good content. And then the hat that I'm wearing today mm -hmm. is from a channel card called Smart Trainers, uh, smarttrainers.com. He has a, a website yeah. and a YouTube channel. And uh, Tarek is the guy's name that puts that one on. If you're interested in like indoor riding, he will cover all of those topics, like all cool. the indoor bike trainers, all the like indoor software for, you know, doing stuff. He does a thorough job. Like that's where I would go for any sort of indoor cycling information. Sure. Uh, and these are, all people that I've chatted with, they're all amazing, just in, like human beings. And it's just impressive to see how much stuff they can put out in a small amount of time. Yeah, it's crazy. Is Well, we had him on here before. Um, Triathlon Terran, is he still yeah. putting out a lot of stuff? He is, absolutely. He puts out uh, a couple pieces per week. Mm -hmm. He's actually moving from um, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Canada, all the way out to like Vancouver Island. So he's moving, oh, all wow. the way, he's moving across the country. Okay. And um, yeah. I just watched something where he was reviewing some Canyon bikes, uh, basically saying like, here's the new speed max and the old speed max. You can still get the old speed max, you know, go for it. You'll save money. And I think that's a good point, right? Where it's like, we're all looking for the top super bike, but guess what? Like you can get a bike for a thousand dollars less and it'll still be a fantastic option for you. Sure. You might not have all the bells and whistles or whatever. Like sometimes you go for the Ultegra instead of the Dura-Ace, but it will save you money. And uh, I think Taryn did a good job with that video recently. It might have been like today that he posted that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he doesn't typically do a ton of product reviews necessarily. He sure. talks about all kinds of crazy stuff, but uh, but he's out there. Cool. Lance, what about you? Do you have any uh, favorites that you want to... Uh share yeah as far as product reviews go for for cycling obviously um dc rainmaker but another guy named shane miller um the gp yeah. llama, llama. Yeah, yeah i love that guy yeah yeah <laughs> i still think it's funny guy. do you remember the time that evan was talking about some guy like gp llama like He's favors like, give me follow me on zwift and give me a thumbs up and we're like well really <laughs> he had no idea who he was yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. a big deal yeah he's a big deal yeah so he does good stuff. He does good reviews. They're pretty thorough. He's entertaining. He's Australian, so the accent is fun to listen to. Yeah. So yep. I, I like his stuff. Yeah, he's um, a good person as far for as sure. Like, yeah. As far as, like, training content, um, Dylan Johnson has great information. 
I do listen to Trainer Road. Their yeah. um, their YouTube channel has yep. uh, a lot of good information. And then as far as like race strategy, it's NorCal Cycling. Yep. Um, he's great. Um, and then um, like uh, Nation's Number One Beast. He is also he, if you want to watch good crit racing yep. stuff, that is one of the Williams brothers, Corey Williams oh, cool. channel. And um, and and so those I guess those are a few that I'm. Cool. And then a bunch of mountain bike stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mountain bikers like like Jeff Lenotsky, he's got a fantastic uh, mountain bike channel about tips and tricks and skills and trails and whatnot. So those are, those do you, are good guys. Do you watch the um, Global Cycling Network's mountain bike channel? It's like GMT or something? I, don't um, I, I do subscribe to it, but I don't watch their videos very often. No. Gotcha. Okay. I'll watch their stuff, like I said before, yeah. every so often. And if it comes up, if I'm looking for a product review and they come right. up, I'll watch it. Yeah. I won't watch everything because they put out so much content. Yeah, so they, yeah. it's just like it's too much to watch, but yeah. it's always out there. So, I mean, they're doing a good job. They've got a big subscriber base, so good on them. Um, Cam Nichols, have you guys yep. listened to him before? Yep. Down in Australia, if I'm yep. not mistaken. He's a good dude. I like what he's doing. He seems like a good family man, seems honest yep. and trustworthy. Um, good information. Um Park Tool is kind of quirky sometimes, but sometimes it's like, I don't know, a little I bit like refreshing. Their stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's just good information. And I find myself going there because I have a lot of Park Tool stuff. And, and they're kind of the experts yeah. on like the right way to do something. Absolutely. So, so yeah. I do that. Um, there's another guy that's actually up in Seattle. It's called The Lost Company. He's kind mm-hmm. of like a, just like the shredder dude that goes yeah. out and just mountain biking kind of stuff. And he has a mountain bike shop and he did, he, he's, he rides a lot. So he kind of, you cool. know, he uses the stuff that he's kind of talking about and does a good job of reviewing it. Um, I like him a lot. We've talked about the vegan cyclist is good. Yeah. Um, our friend Matt Legrand. Yeah, you guys. No, we talked about Matt Legrand. Me. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> disappointing. Lance, I thought you would for sure call me out. <laughs> I blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out Matt's channel though, because it's good quality stuff. And so. the Dialed good. Cycling Lab. Yeah. There's and the a couple. Dial, and the Dialed Endurance there. Lab. Yep. There's a lot of good channels out Evan there. Evan does an awesome job, by the way. Like he's. He's just the camera. talent. He's just the talent, but he's just a one and done kind of guy. It's like he's like, "Hey Jake, can you do a video for me?" I'm like, "Sure, no problem." And what's like, nice about nails him? Nails at first take. It's all first take. We don't have to do anything. Just have to like cut out a couple little blips here and there. Yep. But it's just it's easy to uh, to edit. So Evan I have a good um, I have a, quite a few videos that I want to make with Evan in the future, just because he's got a lot of information and yeah, and some fun stuff too, like just to do some goofy, funny things. Yeah, that should be fun. Cool. All right, let's jump into one last thing here real quick and uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, Matt, do you want to start us off? Hopefully I'll have a video. Okay, so I mentioned the Garmin Enduro video. I am giving that watch away. It's a nice watch. I think it's like 800 or maybe $900 watch or something. It's, it's excellent. It's one of my favorite watches that I've ever tested on my channel just because the battery life is so good. I'm giving away on my channel, so you should hop over there and comment below the video so that you can be entered to win. I would love for someone from the Dialed Cycling Podcast crew to not the crew that's on the podcast, but the listeners There's to actually audience, yep. win this thing Yeah, because uh, that would be great. Uh, and then I'm going to try to get out like a kind of experience a triathlon kind of video. Yeah. And um, so that would potentially come out this week if I can put it together and if I have enough footage from the race itself to make that happen. So okay. that's a goal. See what we can do. Fun. And then I'm off to California next week. Oh, you One are? One last thing. Are you going to be here next week for the podcast? No. I'll, no. Be, in, I'll be in Sacramento by the time Sacramento. the podcast starts. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Right on. All right, Lance, one last thing. 
Um, I'm headed for Matt Legrand's motherland. I'm yes. going to drive through that state as fast as possible. What? <laughs> you need to. You need a loiter. <laughs> There's no loitering happening in in, in Alabama. I don't know where I'm headed. What is uh, Alabama? Yeah, what are they famous for in Alabama, Matt? Everything besides like a Crimson Tide football team. Uh, cotton. And, cotton. Uh, yeah, Crimson Tide football. We've got where I grew up. We got the Space and Rocket Center, where they've actually built a lot of the rockets that went to the moon. You've got um, Birmingham, who they they did a lot of like iron work okay. and stuff like that. What are they doing now? Nothing, just kind of chilling. It's a big city. They have a huge like medical facility there. Um, yeah, there's there's just lots of businesses, banks, and all the the normal stuff. Accounting firms, big big, big business, big time triathletes there. Big time triathletes in Alabama. Just big triathletes. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, uh, you've definitely got some big triathletes in Alabama. Yes. Gotcha. I'm still gonna pay uh, Lance ten bucks for an interview at a local mini mart or something like yes. that to talk about the uh, world famous Matt Legrand <laughs> <and his> 1997 <laughs> wait, wait state a championship. You don't know him. Like you <laughs> should act super surprised when they're like, I have no idea who you're talking about. What are you talking about, dude? Awesome. Uh, I hope they have a thick accent for you, Lance. <laughs> uh, I love it. What else, Lance? Um, that's it. I won't be here next week either. I'm going to be in Disney World with my whole family. So call in uh, from Disney World on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be busy. You guys gonna be around next Sunday that's night? It. I won't be. I'll be no. on the road. Oh man, this is gonna be an interesting podcast. We'll be figure the it out. Show. I'm gonna be here rambling and just talking to myself. Good times. Uh, my one last thing is made up of three things. So okay. that's okay. My, my one last thing is I have three things. Good so mind. the first one is um, we're going to try and put out a Pirelli tire review here pretty soon. Uh, I've got all of that stuff lined up. And I'm excited I was about that one. wanting to work on it this past weekend, but I legitimately worked 20 hours on Saturday and Sunday yeah. to uh, basically support two different races. So uh, time kind of like was fleeting and gone there. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. This is gonna, I don't want to spoil the video. What are, what's one negative thing about the tires? It smells like rubber. It's got a smell to it. it. Smells like rubber. Okay. <laughs> gotta watch the video, man. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to watch this one. Um, and then this Saturday is the rack. It's the ride around Clark oh, I County. I didn't know that. Yeah. We just posted up on Strava for anybody that wants to come out and join I the, the dial every year. guys. Now they're not doing a hundred mile version. There's no century this year. What? They've only got a metric century and then they've got a thirty-four mile route as well. Mm. So that is um, because they weren't able to kind of pull everything together and they right. wanted to be able to because of like COVID related stuff and they weren't sure that they were going to be able to even have volunteers and all that other stuff. So what they were able to pull together was a 60 mile route or 61 and then a 32 mile or something like that route. So some of us are actually looking at going out early, riding as early as we possibly can, and going out and blasting around the 30-mile course, coming back to the start, and then doing the 60-mile, oh, uh, and go. then add a, a few extra miles in there to get the century. So we'll sweep the 60-mile route so that we can help anybody okay. that might need some help, and then we'll just go like put our noses to the wind and, and go hard. So that Saturday is... I. I might have some time in the morning, sure. but then we're getting on the road to go to California. So you're driving down. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could go out and do the 30 mile route. It's just, yeah, uh, they're starting where they normally start, I think, and somewhere in Vancouver, and they're yeah. going to go do a lap around. And I'll probably just go right from my house and hop on the course. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Do just something. go out there and say hi. Yeah. Get some video. And yeah. then my last thing okay. is if I'm not here next week, it's because I died doing a bike race tonight at PIR. Ooh. I'm going to go First race my week. bicycle yeah. tonight. <laughs> so I'm trying to tear off the band aid. I'm trying to, uh, 
keep the rubber side down. I'm trying to kind of get over this whole, like, uh, I don't want to race bikes right now because I'm afraid of hurting my shoulder. But I am super stoked to go out there tonight to race bikes because we're going to have a lot of teammates in this field. So I think when you're in it, you're going to be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it doesn't help, though, when I've got a teammate from last week sending me a video of the person that caused a three- or four-person pilot Ooh. crash right no sending, No sending Jake scary videos. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see how this all plays out. But I think the goal is just to kind of spend as much time off the front as we possibly can to keep all the riffraff behind us. Um, we're going to have 11 guys in this oh, wow. in the race that we're doing tonight. That'll be fun. That's going to be a blast. Good people. So it should be fun to see. I'm how excited to hear about it. The team kind of pulls things together. Maybe come up with this in terms of a plan. So I think that's it. You guys have anything else you want to add to this? That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. That's it. Yeah, cool. All right, well, thank you for listening. We will catch you next week, hopefully. And um, give you another fun dial podcast uh 179 so wow anyway appreciate listening we will see you next week bye for now